Hello, beauties, and welcome back to another episode of the Make a Dent podcast. My name is Sierra McCleave. I am your host. And today, you guys, today we have a very special episode and a little, a little experiment, if you will. Now, if you're thinking of starting a small business or side hustle, or have recently started one, or have always dreamed of starting one, you're going to want to tune into this episode. Today, I brought one of my best friends, longtime business partner, the amazing Ethan Cisneros to the show. Now, Ethan and I started Thirst Drinks, a Salt Lake City, Utah soda shop and customer experience company in 2016. We started in downtown Salt Lake and have grown over the last almost seven years at the time of this recording to seven locations, two of which are in the Vivint Smart Home Arena or the Utah Jazz Play. Now, we really wanted to create a lot of tangible value in this episode. Don't get me wrong, discussing and sharing the Thirst story I do believe, has great value and hopefully inspiration. However, it's not often on a podcast do we get to really get into the nuts and bolts of what we did to actually start and build and grow that business. So for today's episode, we decided to do something neither of us has done on video or audio, and that was to create a fictitious business where we both discuss what we would do to start and grow and build that business during the first six months to a year of this uh, faux business's inception. There are so many actionable and executable tips and strategies in this episode that you can apply to a future business, a current business, or even a side hustle. I truly, truly hope you guys enjoy this one-of-a-kind episode. And if you do, please let me know on Instagram or YouTube, the at Make a Dent podcast. And who knows, maybe we'll make it a regular series. Without further ado, here is my discussion with the awesome and ever-hustling Ethan Cisneros. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Make a Dent podcast. My name is Sierra McCleave. So excited to be here today. We are also on the YouTube channel, Make a Dent podcast. You can see it visually. And today I have Mr. Ethan Cisneros. <laughs> Ethan from Thirst is here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What up, Make a Dent Nation? <laughs> Make a Dent Nation. <laughs> so I'm super excited to have you on. We've been planning this for a long time. And I think many of them, anytime we do a podcast together, we're like, okay, let's go. We're going to do yeah. 15 First time officially on the Make a Dent podcast. Uh, so Dent, a little baby, bit. Let's go. Yeah. I'm stoked. So Ethan is Thanks my business partner. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, we've been business partners. Uh, we started like nine years ago. Yeah. Uh, shaved Ice Shack. I'm going to mm -hmm. give a little synopsis. Mm -hmm. Jump in here whenever you want. Started <laughs> as a Shaved Ice Shack. Mm -hmm. And then we partnered up on Thirst. We kind of decided Shaved Ice was either we got to do like 30 stores or do something different. Mm-hmm. Shifted over to soda and uh, we started up Thirst together, ran it uh, pretty closely together for the first few years. Then Ethan has been at the helm for the last, what now, four, like rocking it. Yeah, we're almost the, to seven. We're like six. El Capitan. So he's been leading the charge uh, the last few years with the Thirsty crew. And uh, what else did I miss in like that little synopsis? That's all me. <laughs> so we're going to do another pod where we kind of go into like our partnership, I think, yeah. and we could jump in here. Uh, but I wanted to, we talk about that a lot whenever we're on yeah. a podcast together or whenever we're. That's most of what we've done. Yeah. Just talk about third. Yeah. We talked about that. So I wanted to switch it up today because make a dent podcast all about making a dent in your own life and yeah. in other people's lives. And I thought we could maybe provide some awesome, tangible value. Let's do it. By uh, doing some situational stuff. So let's do it. So I thought today we could dive into a fictitious, mm -hmm. but very applicable thing where we could talk about if we started a new business today, what would yep. we do? I like it. I was thinking either a t-shirt, like a, a screen printing, uh -huh. um, 
that one's been on my mind. I've actually had someone reach out to me like four weeks ago and they're like, Hey, I want to start this business, Uh but I don't know if I can compete with a major person in town. Uh And this is like in my small town. And I was like, I was like, was it a screen printing business? Yeah. And I was like, I think you should, because there's only one big company right now. Yeah. I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, I don't care. You choose. You're the guest. Let's do that one. Should we do that one? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so this is where we're going to dive into. Within the first, what Ethan and I would do, we'll just kind of vibe off each other. In the first six months to one year of opening a screen printing business Mm -hmm. in a small town Mm -hmm. where there's already one big screen printing business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what would be the first steps that you would do when uh, starting the screen printing business? You know, what my mind kind of goes to, normally, I think my first mind, my first like step, and maybe you would expect me to say this, is some type of like marketing strategy that I'll have or branding strategy. What's been on my mind, you, you had asked me before, like what's kind of been on my mind as an entrepreneur lately, kind of ties into what my answer to this question would be is, I would set up, I, I would set up before anything got busy and before I got to any marketing and the sales were really rolling in, I would set up my systems and my processes and my margins and my, my like, you know, my team and my training so that when it did get busy, that it was, it was, it didn't get out of control. And we did, we absolutely made the most out of what we could when it got there. That's what I'm doing right now. Like, this is a, this is like a winter. I mean, it's literally winter, but it's also like kind of a recession right now. Like it's really hard time for small businesses and a lot are going out. And I've been thinking a lot lately, like, dang, this is really difficult. And we're, it's pushing on us in areas of labor management and like accountability for our general managers to, you know, not over order and to run their store profitably and have a, provide a good experience. Like, I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to take advantage of this time where I'm like really forced to set up these good systems because I feel like one mistake that I've made is I'm such an offensive dude and I'm best at offense. For sure, I think I'm best at offense and bringing in sales. And so I think like before I'm trying to, before the summer gets busy, hopefully it gets really crazy busy again this summer. I'm going to be ready this time. Yeah. I'm going to be ready yeah. because I truthfully feel like it's been like, you know, six, seven summers where I'm like, dang it, I missed out on a lot there because I, I didn't quite have my ducks in a row to be ready for it. And so I'm really focusing on that right now. And I think like, times like this kind of make us focus on that and you know i i try to i'm trying to have this new perspective of like this is smart i need to be ready so the first thing i would do if i was setting up a new business even like this one is i would look at my margins i would be like okay what am i charging and what does this look like at scale is this still the right price i would look at my infrastructure of my you know how am i going to produce these and you know what kind of systems do i have like for the people that are producing and like standards that I'm holding them accountable for. Yeah. Um, so I, I really think, look at that stuff. Um, I love that. That's something that we talked about at Thirst at the beginning too, that I tried to kind of communicate to you. And I think the way that I brought it up when we were starting was let's think about this as if we're going to franchise and, and try to get these systems mm-hmm. in place. And the, where I got that everybody is basically the E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber, that mm-hmm. book. Very, that book is, is that such an easy one? read. Yeah. Yeah. Checklist systems. So I love what he said too, because you want to do that early. It might seem premature because you're going to be the only homie in there Mm -hmm. (laughs) marketing and screen printing Mm -hmm. and doing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it and literally what we did at Thirst, what I did with my first business was I made an org chart. It helps visualize 
the business that you want it to become and your name's in all the boxes at first, but mm-hmm. it gives you a place to start doing your checklist and stuff like that. So Ethan would have a, basically a systems process. He would look at his margins, make sure that's all good. Um, so I'm thinking like you got it kind of like you, you were saying when you started shaved ice, uh, you go figure out how to get a business license. Mm-hmm. You start either a sole proprietorship or an LLC. Mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of LLCs. LLC. I accidentally started a sole proprietorship. Yeah, Ice. it's easy. You can do it online. Just technically, Google. you weren't a partner in yeah. for that first year. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Information nine years later. <laughs> Seventeen-year-old Ethan had no idea. <laughs> but that—that that is something that's easy. You—you you have to make a business entity. You can do it in the state of Utah. I've done it in twenty. Two yeah. minutes online. Yeah. It's really easy. And then they send you your, basically your business, uh, social security number, your EIN. Mm-hmm. So you do that. Um, I think that if you, I'm assuming at this point, like I'm, I'm kind of taking it from they, this person has done their research on the market. They, they know where they're going to order from. Like they've done some market research okay. before starting. That's kind of where I'm assuming. Yeah. If you guys want us to talk about how to do that market research, I would love to dive into that. I just started doing that with a client that I'm consulting. I call it, is it real testing? Mm. Like, is your product going to be real? Is your business going to be mm. real? And there's a way to, to test for Figure that. Out we, how it's actually going to work. We did that with Thirst um, early days too. Yeah. So, so you create an LLC mm-hmm. and then, I mean, you need to get your sales tax number. You mm-hmm. got to pay sales tax, mm-hmm. <laughs> which can buy, I, I mean, Talk about tangible. That bites a lot of entrepreneurs in the butt. Quickly. Yep. It's not yep. paying. So, oh, I have all this money. No, you got to pay no, sales tax. No, you don't. Tax you have sales tax. <laughs> so business license, entity, get your sales tax number. Yep. Um, that's going to also allow you to purchase wholesale. Yeah. Your shirts and stuff. Uh, find your equipment. A lot of people, when I was talking to this person who was, who was kind of asking me if they should do this, like, I don't know, equipment's so expensive. In that moment, I Googled used screen printing equipment. And it was like someone in Idaho had a whole like four screen setup. Yeah. Everything you need to start it for like 700 bucks. Yep. So get some equipment, start off humble. If you have to, yep. don't, don't think I like to think of the business, what I want it to look like in five years, but then keep very grounded in reality and get what you can get right now. hundred percent. It's like, it's, and it makes you a stronger entrepreneur too, right? Figuring out how to do it out. without any money. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, I feel like one of the number one hangups is like, well, you know, I just need money for my thing. No, you don't. No, you don't. Get a, get a freaking iron on one for your first yeah. t-shirts and then yep. they reinvest every cent of the profits mm-hmm. back into a bigger one, into a bigger one. Mm-hmm. And that forces you to learn the skills of bringing sales and, and, and taking care of your customers, all these core mm-hmm. like things that you need just kind of like the same as the systems and processes when you get big. If you don't know that stuff and the sales are coming in, you're kind of screwed. Mm -hmm. So you need to set that stuff up from the beginning. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I would say like the least you're really good at looking at the, like I'm, I'm trying to get better at this. Like to the point I was saying earlier, like look at the bigger picture, be ready for all this stuff. But I feel like there's two phases. There's like, let's look at the bigger picture. Let's set this up. Let's be strategic. That's like how maybe not half, maybe like 40% of an entrepreneur's mind. 60% 60% is the store opens at 8.30. Yep. <laughs> and who's staffed today? Yeah. And like, do we have product? And like, holy crap. And it's yeah. like operating and then like strategy. It's very you know? like present moment. This is the day-to-day. This is the real life, what's happening. And then the visionary side of it of 
what do I want it to look like? What mm-hmm. what am I going to do when sales get to this point? Yeah. So I agree with you. I think that balance is, is there 40, 40, 60 or so. Yeah. I think it's called like, it's, it's sort of like strategic hustle, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm trying to actually take a page out of this lately because I, I've been thinking a lot like, mm, man, like I'm really hustling. Like I'm really hustling. And I feel like this last year or so or two years, maybe the businesses have gotten much, much bigger. And I'm like, my hustle doesn't quite cover it mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm taking a step back. I'm like, gosh, I really need to be more strategic. Mm-hmm. And if I just think for a second here <laughs> and like set myself up for success, how yeah. much more could I get out of this insane hustle? Yes. You know, so it's uh it's a tough balance. I'm super empathetic to like just getting lost in the day to day. Yeah. I feel like I did that for several years. I think that is where side note, and then I want to get back to this, yeah. but I, I I do think that is where our one of our partnership worked so extremely well mm-hmm. because we kind of had that balance. I had a little bit more experience. Um where I could kind of see the bigger picture and, and help plan. You had the day-to-day boots on the ground, hustle, hustle, hustle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how we vibe so well, because I don't think in another situation with us being so similar in personality, it would have worked so well. Yeah. <laughs> because I think you need, but you need someone to compliment each other. That's how we complimented each other with also being very, very similar with a lot of other things yeah. that I think could have gotten in the way more if totally, we hadn't had that yeah. balance. Okay. So we've got, so find yourself some equipment. I thought of too, that vinyl press. I would mm-hmm. get one of those maybe first. Mm-hmm. I would definitely get it in addition too, because you can output your product so much quicker with those presses. Yeah. You could take six shirt orders with those presses. You could take 10 shirts, whereas your screen printing is going to take a little bit more time. So you balance that out. Yep. And probably just, you can do smaller orders. With yeah, yeah. Search your, search your local used stuff. Like just start somewhere, get, mm-hmm. get something set up. I would say in that scenario too, a lot of people get really excited, like you're saying, with getting capital. I think they get really excited with getting a building with their name on it, with getting T-shirts with their name on it, <laughs> getting their car wrapped. That's fine. I love that stuff, too. But if you can do it out of your mom's garage yeah, to start off with or find a cheap space, like save your money on rent, that's what I would do. Yep. I would I would start it in my flip in basement if I could or yep. my buddy's garage or something. Lower overhead and more profit is sexier than polos with your logo on it yeah <laughs> no question oh my gosh yeah okay so we have we have some equipment there so all right we're thinking first six months to a year let's say we we got our equipment yep let's talk a little bit of strategy on marketing to get some of these bills paid for because maybe we're paying our buddies our buddy a hundred bucks a month for the basement we got to cover that hundred bucks we have to cover our blanks for our shirts and yep. all the stuff so let's talk a little bit of marketing strategy because I want to stay within the first six months to a year. Yep. You got to start making money right away. So the scenario is we're in a, maybe we're in a smaller town. These tactics will work honestly for many, many businesses, if not all, some of the foundational stuff, mm-hmm. I think. But in this scenario, just for the sake of the fictional story, we're in a small town. We have one big competitor. And are we our own brand or are we making for business? We're like- a screen printing shop, man. So... So I would say we, for me, like we're are our we own Lonely company Ghost type of brand, or are we like, like we can supply for everyone at your. I would say the easier one initially is we're supplying people because mm-hmm. to create a clothing brand, I think is, is a similar, so but we're B2B. different. Yeah. We're B2B. Okay. We're B2B. Got it. Straight up. Okay. So now what's, let's talk about marketing strategy a little bit. How are we going to go compete with this Goliath? That is the only other place in town that yep. really, really does that. 
um, well, I mean, quite simply, you need to create demand, right? And so the way that I know how to do that is to make content and then distribute it one by one, especially in a local town. So quite tangibly, what I would do if I was a B2B screen print trying to get a company like Thirst to do all of their apparel or uniforms yes. or whatever, I would first, I would make a bunch of content and I would make video, it would mostly be videos and I would run them. I would have them on it. All of the landing pages of today, which are your Instagram page is actually kind of your landing page, right? Just like yeah. your website. Um, I would obviously still have a website. I would have a LinkedIn profile, um, probably my own and maybe one for my business. Mm -hmm. And um, those would probably be like, I, I would be on all the platforms, TikTok and Facebook and all these things. But like my main focus would be my Instagram content and my LinkedIn content. And then I would be making content about the different products that I can have, some tips of, you know, ways that a business can sell more merch. So I would give them, you know, insights on different materials and things like that. I'd have a library of content about my product, communicate that. And then the way I like to create demand or do marketing is content and distribution. You can't have just distribution and because you need something to send them back to, to in order to convert the sale. But if you have just the content and no one's watching it, then it's not going to work either. Right. So I would make all the content first. I would have a library. If you go to my page, it looks, even if I opened like yesterday, before I distribute it at all, I would go have 20 to 50 pieces of content on my page. Yeah, get that posted so it looks full. Mm -hmm. And then I would have a normal process of, um, you know, multiple times a day or week on all these platforms continuing to post content. Um, and then I would also be documenting the journey of my business. So I would do that probably on my stories. This content would be documentation. It'd be tips, all these things. Mm -hmm. Once I'm, I want to, I want to pause you yeah. real quick. St think about your next thought, but mm -hmm. you and I both feel so similarly about documenting the process, but I want us to dive into why, why would you do that and document the process with this particular business? I think probably you and I would document it with any, mm -hmm. but with this particular business, uh, or, or what, what's your theory behind that? Why do you, why do you suggest that? What, why would you do that? Because it's a great piece of content i think like in a world where every like think about it like this other com shop in town also probably you know if they're smart is going to be making content right the only piece of content that they don't have that you have only one is the story of you running your business the story of you yeah. people want to see the face behind the brand mm -hmm. this is where i think a lot of people get very in their head. Yep. They think that that video needs to be perfect. Mm -mm. They think that that lighting needs to be perfect. They think they need to have the best camera. Mm -hmm. They want to see your face. And especially in a small town, I think we've seen this yep. with Tooele. Yep. I've seen this where I'm from in Heber, mm -hmm. especially in a small town. They want to know that there's a heart and soul behind that. Yep. And that could be your, I'm getting chills. That could be your huge differentiator. There's a million screen printing businesses. There's only one run by you. There's like, only one run by you. So, like it makes so much sense, right? Yeah. And then you need to create demand and, or then you need to distribute. So we make content and then you distribute. The way that I think you do that is one by one. I mean, there's a million ways you do it, right? It's like you follow people in the community. You reach out to them and want to collaborate with other businesses. You, my favorite, direct message. Everyone in town, mm. literally everyone in town. I say this strategy, strategy all the time this because I do it. <laughs> huge and still very, I'm surprised how underutilized this strategy <laughs> yeah. is still because you've been doing it. You know, we started it with thirst early days, like year two, year three, yeah. his idea. And 
We're still doing it. I'm, it's underutilized. Talk about that strategy real quick. Then I want to bounce back. There's one other thing differently that I would do that you said, but I think could be added. So, yeah. Um, I mean, when you talk about distributing content, I think the, one of the quickest, cheapest, not even cheapest free way to, to do it is Instagram DM. So once you have that beautiful page that you set up with all that content, then you need to go tell people about it. And I think the best way to do it, if you're in a local town is to click search on Instagram, search under places, type in the name of your city and then go to top or recent posts. I always go to recent, recent. Mm-hmm. because th- these are just normal people in the community and they were just on and they were just <laughs> on and I'll go message all of them and let them know who you are and a genuine message. If I was messaging you and I, and I think if I had a, if this, I mean, think we're B2B, right? So I might be looking for businesses primarily in my town, but the other thing is direct messaging everyone in town. Hey, my name is Sierra. I have this local screen printing business to just started up. Um, I would love to know, or I'd love to help you guys help you out. If you ever have any screen printing needs or you know of any businesses that need one. Otherwise, like, let me know if I can do anything for you. Just a genuine message. Just like that. Just like that. Um, One thing that that made me think of that I would do as maybe a phase two, especially in a small town community is I would make, if I was also making stickers, because a lot of screen printing places do stickers Mm -hmm. too. I would throw in something free that you can give them. That's one thing that we did at Thirst is it's like, hey, he would say something like, hey, this is Ethan or this is Ethan from Thirst. I saw that you have this dog. We have dog treats at Thirst. Yep. And I'd just like to invite you in for a free 16 ounce, whatever. Yep. In the screen printing world, I would I would do something. I'd make like a local sick sticker for my town and I'd work with another business or two to set them free. And I would just say something like, hey, uh, this is Sierra. I just started this business. Um, I see that you're local here too. I placed some free stickers at this business. Go snag one. If there's anything I can ever do for your screen printing, let me know or any other questions. Yep. Have a, oh, I say have a happy day. Cause that's, <laughs> have a happy day. Cause that's what we say at Thirst. And that's just like, you want to end it on a pleasant note. Yeah. So I love that. One by one though. One what? by one. And I, I think what's important is that each of them are contextual, not copy. And oh paste. yeah. Not copy and paste. So like, Hey Sierra, Look at their I noticed page. you were posting here in Heber. Looks like you had a fun trip to the midway. <laughs> like yeah. not stock. Obviously you're only stocky, but like, <laughs> yeah. like to a degree it should be contextual, you know, yes. like it should be specific. It shouldn't look like it's copy pasted at least. Mm-hmm. At least you're changing the name and maybe a couple other things and the body of it to make it contextual. I think it's really important. I legitimately think that if someone deployed this strategy and um, a couple others I'm going to talk about in a second, you could be making good money. <laughs> Yeah, especially if it's you for like the first six months or a year. I mean, I would the way that I would set this up is I would make it so I needed to hire someone as quickly as possible. But I really think that if you deploy these strategies, you can win with this stuff like and and it translates to every other business. Mm -hmm. You do that same strategy. The one thing that I would do differently slightly or maybe I would just do before and maybe this would be within the marketing strategy is I would decide the revenue streams in which I wanted to bring in. So mm-hmm. we have B2B, right? Mm-hmm. We have kind of individual people could maybe order. Maybe we have a minimum order or something like that. Mm-hmm. Someone's doing a birthday party. Online sales. I would go, I would set something up to make online sales super, super easy. Interesting, yeah. And so that would be and that would be in my initial plan. And I would be posting on TikTok too, because I think on TikTok you could go viral and get nationwide orders so freaking quick. Yeah, that's very true. That you are set up that you're not even worried about the local company mm-hmm. because you have this revenue stream coming from all over. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to, it doesn't have to be local. I say I you guess. just oh. have to figure out shipping. Shipping could be a challenge, but that would, to me would be a fun freaking challenge is like, I've got 
this many orders because I blew up on TikTok because I was consistent and disciplined. 100%. And, and then I also have this awesome uh, 500 shirt order that just came in. They're going to order quarterly because I DM them on Instagram yeah. and they liked me and they met me at a local coffee shop because they dug what I was doing. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's like a, it's a local business that doesn't have to be local, right? Like I'm in this, like come to my brick and mortar yes. at the store, but like, this is more of a scalable thing. It's a great point. That's, that's one thing that I kind of liked about it too, is you have the option to go online, which for me, I've thought about that a lot that's for smart, my next yeah. business is like, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to have to have a brick and mortar mm -hmm. if I don't want to, but if I do sick, but that's, I can get income from other places. Yeah. So I would kind of plan those revenue streams and, and make the marketing strategy for each one. Absolutely documenting the process, get that face behind the brand. Mm -hmm. um, you're talking about distribution. So I think we're on the same page there where, where you're like taking samples. I would take samples. I would find the thirsts. I mean, that's the world that we live in, right? So I'd, I'd find the drink shops. I'd find the coffee shops. And I'd be like, here's a sample. Make them a few shirts or something. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> go something in style too. Like if yeah. I were going specific right now, I'd go something sick and cropped. Yeah. Like something like, that's in here's right some now. some sick stuff we can make for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. So you have to plan on eating that cost a little bit, but that's just an investment. Like that's your marketing dollars you're investing yep. in that. Yep. All right. So that's what would be the next step. So we, we're, we're just, dis we're distributing. Yep. Um, I have some stuff like in a local town like that. This is a, a strategy I think is, is huge. A lot of these, you know, any town will have some type of community resource usually on Facebook as it is right now, 2023, even though like that might sound like it dates me, but that's where people are gathering for Facebook's on fire community content. Yep. Right. Uh, so like we did that with Tooele, right? Tooele's a huge, this is Tooele, Utah. Uh, it's a small town, yep. very local, very like yep. community oriented. And there's what, what's that page called or like an example there's of the page? several and it's like Twila has this St. George has this a little bit, but it, it's yeah. more of the smaller towns like Bountiful has a great one. Facebook groups is what we're talking Facebook about. Facebook groups. And they're called like the one in my town's called like Ask Heber. It's, yeah. Twila it's, County 411. Mm -hmm. kind of information. Like yeah. You find and become a member of these groups and be a contributing member, just like the contextual Instagram ads. Like, answer people's questions. Like don't just go on there and take give, 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 which you talked about in, in your podcast with real business owners. Um, be a valuable member of the community and the group, like yes. AKA no one wants to hear spam in the group. Right. right. Like, there are also annoying. local business pages where you can go introduce yourself, make yourself known, yep. answer questions, but that's where you would go offer your stuff or that's where you could go market. Yep. You could do an occasional ask. Uh, if we're going real, real technical strategy, I would find other community members to go post for me and give shout outs. Mm -hmm. It's all these, like, it's, I think about a lot, like these strategies are not easily scaled, but they're the best strategies. And I think that's typically like when you find a, a lot of, a lot of like results is when you scale these like unscalable type of strategies, scaling yeah. unscalable things. So what I mean by that is like, Direct messaging, there's no bot that you can buy to direct message everyone or like going mm -hmm. and giving a free sample to each of these different businesses and like genuinely having a conversation with them. There's no easy way to scale that. It's mm -hmm. all just like work. Like you gotta, yeah. you gotta really, really push and work and hustle on these things. It's easy. Those things are way harder than running, just like running some ads or boosting some Your posts. Facebook, yeah. Not that that can't work, 
but a lot of the times you get more bang for your buck, and a lot of the times you don't have a buck mm-hmm. when you're starting, right? Yeah. And so, and so the best thing to do is try to scale these unscalable strategies. Direct message everyone in town. You could hire someone to help you, but other than yeah. that, there's not really any way to scale that. Right. And there shouldn't be because that's the beauty of it. That's why it works so well. And so sometimes the best strategies are the ones that are unscalable. Um, yeah. And I think about that a And lot. I think this works for, there's a, what I think a difference could be. Is that the right word? I'll have to edit that part out. <laughs> Where I think there could be a difference is this works for this type of business where you are also in a community, you have a brick and mortar or you're doing something local in addition to maybe those online sales. If we were to talk about what you asked about, if we were creating a brand like Lonely Uh Ghost, Mm -hmm. you would deploy the tactic differently. This is where, that is where a situation where I think your online strategy obviously is going to be huge and, and you are diving very fully into Facebook ads, which you should do for any business anyway. Right. But he is saying something that applies to like a local business where, where you, where you are like boots on the ground. Like this would be for a landscaping business too, like flyering. I call it on foot marketing or like gorilla marketing. I think there's a book on that Mm -hmm. or duct tape marketing. Anyway, it's, it's like physical, you are doing the hustle and it pays off huge because people get to know you. That's in a community type situation. And then your strategies would be a little bit different if you're solely online and you're nationwide. Yep. But the principles are the same because you have to be disciplined in both. Yeah. Um, even if you were strictly online, posting every day, documenting your process every single day, um, posting all of that kind of stuff, it's all that discipline. Yep. So we're taking samples. We're we're meeting people. I think another thing, if we're getting very specific, that I've seen a lot of my fellow entrepreneurs be very successful in is join joining a local business group. Um, like here in Utah, it's it's like a BNI. I, I think that's probably nationwide, but a BNI group for this type of, of industry where you are providing shirts and stuff to local businesses is huge. I had a, uh, I have a cousin who has a, went, they started with a window cleaning business down South. So this is Southern Utah. And then they moved to like solar screens, joined BNI. Have you done a BNI group before? You know what it is? No. It's, it's you, it's a local business group. It's like a, fraternity but anyone can go it's kind of like that it's like a it's like just a group and you pay you have to pay to be a member and then you can't miss your meetings like Uh you have to meet every tuesday someone from your business has to go but it's all networking and they after he joined that group his business blew up because of all the referrals he was getting business to business so with this type of business i would do the same exact thing i would go join whatever local business group that i could the chamber of commerce to start rubbing shoulders with other business owners and just provide value and spread the word. Yes. Spread the word. Word of mouth. And, and that brings me to the other thing that comes to my mind is take care of the damn customer. Like the Huge. top priority, like the top priority. Like I don't understand why some business owners do not do this or understand this. Treating the customer like overwhelmingly good and serving them and I think it's, it's not even like, it's less of a strategy. It's more of like kind of a pr- perspective shift and like be more grateful for the customers and be yes. smart because if you take care of them and wow them, the quickest possible way that your business is going to grow is by word of mouth. Yes. It is going to be by word of mouth of the customers that have already paid you money and they can show other people how great and tell other people how great of a service to that. Like 
over the top take care of your customer. Like, yes, I think about this a lot. Like, I think one of the mistakes that I've made in thirst at several points is like too much marketing, not enough focus on the experience. And you bring mm. them in too quickly and it speeds up the process of them not liking what they got <laughs> for sure. And so like you, you can't do that. And just taking care of customers, like the best customer service, putting it on a pedestal. Yes. And for, for the reasons of you're grateful for them, but also you're smart because you want them to be wowed because yes. they're going to go tell other people. It's insanely powerful. It's way more powerful than any of the strategies, ads, DMs, all this stuff. It, it's nothing next to someone who's bought your thing, knows other people that could buy your thing and tells them how great it is and that they should go do it. Yes. There's nothing better than that. I agree. And that's, I mean, we've been preaching that from the beginning because when we started Thirst, I knew there were a couple soda shops already. There's one that had been around for a while. And you quickly learn when you're looking at a business like that, that anyone can really go make a soda mixer. But you can differentiate in a significant way on customer experience. And let's talk tactically how we would do that in this business. One thing I thought of what I would do is I would, even if I couldn't afford like really dope, cool packaging, which I would eventually get to, I would do something in there to make the packaging memorable. <laughs> not rememberable, memorable. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would throw in stickers. I would throw a handwritten, handwritten thank you note in every order for as long as I freaking could. Yeah. Um, and I would follow up. Yep. I'd remember important things. Um, and you probably, would wouldn't, you? you probably wouldn't always be trying to sell to these people either. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. I feel like a good example is, is, um, like a, this payroll company that we switched to like maybe a year and a half ago, this salesman for it, he was actually a really good salesman. I like him. And he had been trying to get our business for like five years up until this mm -hmm. point. And he was really good. Like anything that I needed or questions that I, I asked or would have for him, he would obviously answer really quickly, but he would just like do little things for me and follow up and like just do these like unscalable tactics. Like one day he brought me just a case of yellow Red Bull because he knew I liked yellow Red Bull. Mm. And it took a long time for him to convert that sale. But he wasn't like in, it wasn't just like if Ethan says no, then forget about him, right? Yeah. You know, like yep. really it wasn't always selling. It was giving and giving and like having that long-term mindset of, of, you know, this is a customer that could potentially order lots and lots of times over. Yeah. And so and doing the right thing by the customer and like building that relationship and not always being selly, I think would be key. Here yes. Take care of Yeah. Them. Like if you're walking into those BNI meetings or whatever it's called in your local area, like try to go in thinking what value can I provide mm -hmm. for people? Not how many people can I get their business? Yep. And I think you will be shocked at how many business cards you'll get. Yeah. I mean, they still do that. How much information you'll get saying, contact me. I want you to supply us with. 1500 mm -hmm. uh, hats. I think, um, I, thought on this too. Uh, I got something on that. It's like okay. one thing I think about a lot is gratitude for the customer. creates good customer service. And I think it's really hard to teach that. It's hard to teach that yeah. to like employees that aren't the business owner. I I've learned is, is how can we expect them to, you know, have the same force of gratitude and, and really want to want to treat the customer as good as as we can, as we do. Mm -hmm. The answer is we can't, right? Mm -hmm. Like we shouldn't expect them to, to do that. But we can train them and tell them through orientation, through the culture that we have in the business, through the way our systems and processes are, that, hey, 
the job that you have is less about creating the shirts for the people and getting the orders out on time. It's about the way that we treat our customers and the experience that they have. And, you know, like the way that we talk to them. That's what I do at Thirst is like, hey guys, and I literally sent this to one of our stores the other day because we were getting a couple bad reviews consistently. I went and I'm like, hey guys, let me just remind you, we are not selling the product in this business. This business is not about selling the product. Mm -hmm. It's about selling the experience and it's about the way we speak to customers. And so I don't care how long the line is, like we treat people insanely well and we're grateful yeah. for them coming. That's your job. Yeah. <laughs> like that's your job. And like, if you talk about tangibly, how do you teach that? You tell the team member that it is their job to do that. Like forget, like it's second to the, the product getting out on time. Almost, yeah. Right. You know, or, I or think making the thing too. I agree. And I think a higher level way to get your team to do that is when you're developing your marketing strategy, when you're developing your brand strategy early on is you have a, a core value of for us uh, it was employee satisfaction, which will directly translate to customer satisfaction, but also to get your team to intrinsically buy in to giving a good customer experience. You have to create an environment where they have to feel like they are part of something bigger than themselves and that they are providing more value than just a treat and a drink. So I was kind of talking to you about this before we were rolling. This is something that is very difficult to do on paper with, it seems with certain industries, like in the food business, there's a high turnover rate with employees generally. So how do you get someone to treat that 20th car in line, like the very first person of the day? And the way that I would say you do that is you help them realize that you could be a part of, you could be a, the best part of that customer's day. You've probably seen this in the drive-thru. I've seen this several times in the drive-thru where someone comes in and we remembered their name and their favorite order. And they stopped me and said, I just have to tell you, like I've been having the worst week. This made my entire week so much better. Like I can't mm -hmm. even tell you. If your team, no matter what you do is, buying into being something a part of something bigger than themselves like working towards a common goal that's where i think that you can get them to buy in on the customer service yeah. part of it so i that is i could spend like a five-hour podcast on that type of thing one thing that you were saying on taking care of your customers a way that i think that you can do that and provide an exceptional customer experience is look at the ease of process of making a freaking order like how easy is it to log online and mm -hmm. actually make an order? Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm trying to get my kids into ski school. I really want them to be <laughs> ski kids. Hard to get them in. And some, and the process of like yeah. trying to book is so, is like I almost quit like three times. So think <laughs> about that too. Look at the whole customer experience. Bring some friends in be like, hey, pretend like you're ordering shirts from me. Yeah. How easy is it to get me on the phone? Yeah. How clean is my website? Like how easy is it yeah. to navigate? You can be in as nice and outgoing to the customer as you want, but if your stuff sucks, then it sucks. But that's providing <laughs> an exceptional bad, customer. Right? Yeah. Looking at the quality of product point. on your shirt, you know, like mm -hmm. outputting like a really good product and then making it right. If something goes wrong, taking responsibility, like that's huge in customer experience and service. Like if you mess up, take responsibility, make it right. Do not finger point because that's not going to win more business. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about, I'm glad you touched on that because it just needs to be part of your strategy. Like, I don't know why you would start a business and be like, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to value the customer, but people do. Yeah. 
So I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's huge, hugely important and a way to differentiate. I think that is a way to, I don't know if I brought this up already, but if we go back to the situation of this starting in a smaller town where there's already this big company that they kind of mm-hmm. think is owning it, that's a differentiator is yeah. customer experience and just going above and beyond. You know what I would do too? What is it? With that big company is I would show them mad love. I would show them yes. mad love. Yes. My, <laughs> I'm stoked about this. I did a Instagram reel two nights ago and it was a clip, like an older clip from a podcast that I did, but it was about, um, why don't you like your competitors? Why are you blocking your competitors? And it is like one of my most viewed reels mm-hmm. because it got shared by a couple influencers that I have no idea, but it was funny. They were like at crumble cookies, mm. listen up. Several people did that. And it's unattractive to customers. If you as a business are being selfish, like, and, and not having an abundance mentality. Yes. So for the business owner, it's, why do you think that this business is taking money out of your pocket? There's an infinite amount of business out there. You spending even a second worrying about them taking that out of your pocket is a losing strategy. You're not going to do as much sales. Yes. Period. There's that. And then on the customer side, like they want to see that too. Like some like a million DMs that come in when I posted that content is this is my favorite part about thirst is like you guys will feature other freaking cookie shops. Uh, like we'll share swig stuff like you see me like literally just talking about swig and other competitors all the time i'm doing that on purpose like i'm showing them love on purpose because it's it's a good strategy and i honestly don't think that it takes out of my pocket at all and so like that other business in town the last thing i would do is block them on instagram the last thing Mm -hmm. i would do is stay away from them i would be like yo you guys are crushing it i'm actually starting one too like I'm, I'm going to be learning a lot from you guys. And like in the back of my head, like, let's be honest in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, well, I'll see you at the finish line, yep. baby. Yeah, for sure. Like we're all trying to win, but like, that's the way to do Don't it. Don't talk disparagingly out in the community online behind closed doors. Like this is a huge mentality shift that I think could be very difficult for a lot of people starting up. But once you flip that switch and go from like a, scared kind of like a scared protecting victim type mentality to abundance is so huge I remember uh I remember watching I mean I I watched swig stuff I watched other people's stuff sometimes I think you would agree with this we might have gotten a little bit worried if they came out with something like oh we gotta go we gotta go do this now or like they lowered their prices whatever like this was like probably first year or so where we kind of felt similarly, we never talked poorly though. That was one thing we talked about early. Like we're never going to talk bad about them. Um, It's just just not true. It's just not true. And it's not (laughs) like part of our personalities, but I think some people get a little like, you know, Uh, but then at some point you have to, that's getting in your way of actually being a producer and taking care of your customers and being an innovator too. Because if I'm all the time looking at other soda shops and being like worried and worried about their prices, there is no mental space to go pioneer a new thing, mm-hmm. to go try well, a new weekend feature, yeah. to go bring in a cookie shop that maybe people think is a competitor to us, but now we're partnering up and both businesses win. I'm glad you said that because I think that, yeah, a lot of people would take the opposite route and be like, I'm not talking about them. Or if I talk about them, like, let me tell you one of their strategies could be uh, like a, like a negative campaign. Like, let me tell you about, how I can beat the local person is horrible strategy that I I don't, I don't think, yeah, I think that the 
best way to do it, especially in this particular scenario, but in most scenarios is like that. Always speak positively. Yeah. If I came to you and I was trying to sell you, yo, Sierra, like say you had Dotties. Mm-hmm. Yo, Sierra, I made you a couple of these things. I actually started off the screen printing business and you were like, actually, I, I used this other place up the road. I appreciate you coming by. Like, I would literally be like, awesome. Well, if there's any, at any point you need anything else from me or I can ever do anything for you, that's awesome. Um, that merch looks sick though. So um, I'm actually going to go through the drive-thru and, and buy something really quick. Just, just total, like that. total, just like support and abundance mentality. I guarantee knowing you, like literally if that happened, wouldn't you have been like sick? Yeah. And you might not have given me like your business that second, but maybe I got your follow on the gram yeah. or something like that. And you're like, dang, this kid's actually hustling. And especially if I saw him coming in, supporting the business, not being, for me, not being pushy yeah. on the stuff or bringing me, like maybe he... This is something that I think this would work for me. Let's say you followed me on Graham, interacted a little bit, and you saw me talking about like an outfit I was like really into, and you brought me something that would match that outfit just as a gift. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. I would, I would absolutely, yeah. what would not work in that scenario? Let's, let's go on the opposite side. If you came in and you're like, hey, I just started the screen printing business. I love your product here. Like, I think I can get you a killer deal. Like, I would love to see what it takes to earn your business. And I'm like, oh, well, I actually work with so-and-so in town. Pretty happy with it. And if you're like, oh, those guys suck. And they're probably ripping you off because this, if you if you did that mentally, with, after you said that, I would be like, I would listen to what you're saying, but I'm not listening. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to entertain anything again yeah. because I don't, it's just not something I vibe with. And I don't think most people vibe with it's It's not, even if you didn't go super disparaging it's not a good feeling. It's not Dude, a good vibe. One time, uh, Cisco, we don't use Cisco consistently, at least not yet. Um, but for years, they've been trying to get our business. And one time, there, there's this really good rap. Her name is Mary. She quoted, she really wanted our business. This was like three or four years ago. And I was like, okay, like, well, I want to see what you can do on our pricing. And so I sent her all the pricing I was getting from my other vendors. And she came in and she brought the list of things. We had the meeting and she's like, I'll be honest with you. Like, you're getting pretty great pricing on most of this stuff. And like, if I were you, I wouldn't switch. But if there's anything I could ever get for you, if someone's out of something or any way I can fill a need, like I'm there for you. And I was like literally blown away from it. Wow. And I didn't switch to it right then, but like, you know, at scale, that's probably the vendor we're going to go with. And and we're actually starting to order for them a little bit more and more. And like the, it was a no brainer for me to like, Oh, I'm going to call Mary on that. It's been a long time. It's a long game. I think it's long. Yes. I think a, a huge mindset shift that I would try to tell myself if I was restarting is reminding myself that it's a long game and, and the best strategies are the ones and that will play out the biggest are the long-term strategies. Oh, you know? 100%. Well, I love this. Let's, okay. So we have uh, taking care of the customers. We've got kind of our marketing strategy, our lines of, of revenue that we would go after. What else would you add to that you would do within the first six months to a year of your screen printing business that maybe we haven't touched on yet? So obviously we're trying to drive revenue, Mm -hmm. trying to get revenue and we're probably trying to keep costs low, trying to provide an exceptional customer experience. What else haven't we covered that you think that you would probably do or try to do within the first six months to a year? I mean, I would go all in on creating my personal brand for sure. Like I would do that documentation. I would be, Ethan, the screen printing guy on Instagram, like I really would, I would make that like a large percentage of my focus, no question, because whether it was, I wanted to go into a new avenue within my screen printing business, like those revenue streams you were talking about, or 
I wanted to start a different business that maybe like it, that complements that or it doesn't. Like I would use I would use the leverage of my personal brand to do that. And so I would make that a huge focus for sure is documenting the process would documenting the process of entrepreneurship not only attributes to the current business that you have and its sales, but any business that you may start in the future because you're creating a brand for yourself and you're creating your own reputation um, by documenting. And so I would, I would really focus on that or me because I mean, I, I wouldn't knowing me or knowing you, like we would want to go a million different new places with the business sure. and like have all these new ideas. I would go, I would make personal brand a top, top priority. I would be posting a lot on it and I would invest in it as much as I possibly could as much as my business, because I, I would know that it would lead to sales in my business and I would be confident that it could help me with the next thing too. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree. I agree. I, I'm, I'm wondering if someone doesn't, if that's just not in them, like maybe they are extremely camera shy or maybe they're just like, mm -hmm. do not see how that can help them. Uh, if you guys want more information on how that can help you, like hit us up in the comments or send us a message. But I'm trying to think about if someone's just like, I don't like, I don't know how I could do that, how I could post every day and document literally just post yourself learning the business. Like, like if people overthink it, like get really comfortable in the camera, but what would you tell someone if they are just like, I just don't know if I can do that. Yeah. I would say, okay. Um, then you might not get the results that I'm going to get by doing that. I will. And I, whether like if they're like hey like i just don't see this and I'm like great don't see it you also not see the sales um but I, another thing i might say is maybe there's a way that you feel more comfortable like my mom's a great writer i want her to post a ton of linkedin blog posts and have her own blog and like you know make instagram shorts with quotes out of pieces of writing material like i think that there's everyone's got their way to communicate mine i like video because it's quick and easy and I'm comfortable on it, but maybe there's another way. One thing I thought they could do, like if someone's just like, like get sick to their stomach every time they're on video, like I know some people like that. What I would suggest is they develop their own strategy. Like you're saying, maybe they, maybe they document in the process, don't show their face. They do voiceovers and yeah. create their, their own little vibe. Be cool. I think mean, that's, I think that could be sick. Yeah. So you that could do like way. An Instagram post with like the, you know, like the, like little audio thing mm -hmm. going around and like yeah. title it. You could do it. Yeah, you could do that. I think another thing you could do once you got enough money to pay people is you could pay someone to be that representation for your company. Like you could pay maybe your marketing person. We've kind of had conversations like this. Like your marketing person is now kind of the face of the business. But but maybe you make that uh, a position that does change and you build that into your strategy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like maybe it's um Timothy. Hey, Timothy here from Screen Printing USA popping in and and that person because they may not stay with the business long but like customers get used to having someone there who represents who's doing something who's doing giveaways something like that Telling where the they story. can see people behind the scenes but i think you have it's hugely beneficial to figure out some way to do that um i think that's right on and if you can if it can be you no one's going to care about your business and like get passionate enough or get as passionate as you and no one else will. And they, I mean, you can, if you take it as seriously as, for example, a closing checklist, right? Like, like at Thirst. The other day I was talking like the, at the Snow Cone Festival thing where 
there are these franchisee owners of these snow cone shacks. And I was like, if you take marketing as seriously as you do other things, like how clean your shack is, then, well, you create a closing checklist for the shack. Why don't you create an opening checklist uh, for the shack in which three of the points are make one video updating what products that you have that day and what is available. Here's how you do it. And part of your training process that you build out, just like operations, is how to film that video. Yes. Post one or submit one picture of a snow cone that you make that day. You know, submit that. And it's it's easy if you think of it as almost like an operational thing or like checklist it out. Like do the, like if you don't want to do it, maybe it's something that you need to build systems and processes around same as an operational thing. Because yes, and then you're you're basically quadrupling your content library. It's built in the system. It's just happening. And then you can go pick and choose what you're posting. You can do that voiceover, string them a whole bunch together, do that voiceover. Um, and then if you get, that's the other thing I was going to say that I would really focus on within this first year is getting these systems down. And this, uh, just like Ethan's saying, the checklists, like go read E-Myth Revisited twice and a few other books. If you guys want some more suggestions, let me know. But when you do that, you get to a point where it's actually hard to stop the train that's rolling. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's say your freaking Dropbox is full. Well, it, it might take you a couple of days because you're so busy doing like your entrepreneurial business owner stuff to like get back to the system to pause it because it's just rolling and you have this abundance now. And that's you do want to think about getting to that point as soon as possible or at least having the systems for that for what, so you can scale quicker is what I'm saying, too, is like. If you have these systems in place and you're treating it like it is a uh, $2 million screen printing operation and you're thinking about if you're going to franchise it and what particular systems, what needs to happen every single day, your growth will be so much easier, don't you think? Yep, 100%. I love it. Well, Ethan, what else? Anything else that you'd add to our screen printing shop within the first year while we're just closing up here? Post as many times as you possibly can. I've been thinking that a lot lately. Post as many times as you possibly can. There's not one person I've seen on social that I'm like, they're posting too much. That's legit. Like that actually has a real business. Like I'm like, how can we literally make the most content possible? Content leads to opportunity. The algorithms work in a way that like people only see things that they like. You don't have to worry about overposting. Like the most amount of times you can post on every single platform will lead to more opportunity, will lead to more business. Like that's where my head's at. And don't, I love it. And don't overthink those posts. Just dive in and start doing it. You will find your rhythm. You're going to find your style. Don't get in your own head. Just post it. Like don't shoot it 15 times. Shoot it maybe three if you're uncomfortable, but send it, start posting and you're going to get feedback. You're going to start to get a groove and figure out what's going to be right for you and your business and your team. Um, Well, I'm hoping that if you guys like this and this type of podcast setup, please, please, please let me know. I'd love to do this with other people I have on the show and Ethan for sure around two, three, four, where we dive into some <laughs> other things. It. Thank you so much for being on the Thank podcast you. today. Thanks it was super me. fun and always a joy to talk to you. And um, let's go have a happy day. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Cool, man.